0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are brought to you by BetOnline. My name is Tom Westerholm. I am joined by Nicole Yang. We are both in central time and uh, not super able to get to computers, but we have a major development in <laughs> uh, the Celtics world. Uh, the Celtics are trading Kemba Walker, the number 16 pick in the 2021 draft, and a 2025 second-round pick to Oklahoma City for old friend Al Horford, um, Moses Brown, and a 2023 second-round pick per Adrian Wojnarowski. Nicole, uh, what are your initial thoughts on Kimball Walker headed to Oklahoma City?
1: So first, apologies if the audio quality isn't as good because we are having a phone conversation right now. But in terms of the actual trade, I think this is what we saw coming. It was easy to joke about it because Al Horford has been on the Celtics before, and we know about Brad's relationship with him, how much Al was fond of his time in Boston, and because the money works, like, it just seems like a no-brainer, but I guess I'm surprised that it happened this quickly. I think it really gives a lot of credence to the report that Kemba was unhappy and that 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 was sort of the last straw and that a trade was going to happen regardless. I'm not sure if this will be his final destination. Like, I wonder if he will be flipped again. But overall, I think it's a deal that makes sense for the Celtics, given Kemba's discontent, given Kemba's health and durability, and Al's presence will be welcomed in the locker room. He and Robert Williams got along really well, and he was a really good influence for Robert Williams. And the fact that they got back. Moses Brown too, like
0: yeah. One of the things that I that I liked about it was the fact it wasn't like just like a Horford, you know, swap of bad contracts. Like, like Moses Brown is kind of an interesting guy. Like he's huge. Um, he's like seven foot two. You know, destroyed the Celtics on the glass earlier this season. He played. Uh, he played 43 games in OKC. I, I, honestly, I don't know. Like, um, you know, whether like some of those were DNPs, whether or like whether he was hurt or anything like that. But he played um, the entire second half of the season. I think after mm-hmm. OKC realized, like, oh shoot, like Horford's a little too good. We we <laughs> we need to shut this guy down. If we're if you know if we're gonna have a, a shot at a good draft pick, you know, like you said, Horford and Rob Williams got along really well when Rob was a rookie. I'm curious how that will you know, potentially develop over, you know, the over the course of this season. I remember after the twenty nineteen season when Horford left. I talked to Rob because I figured, hey, like I was you know, I figured like honestly that the Horford, like the brother stuff was kind of overblown. And Rob shot that sort like that angle down immediately, like very emphatically. It was like, No, 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 no. Like he was great. You know, I learned a lot from him. He he was very very clear that he really liked Horford. Now obviously or three years later now Rob Williams looks like a starter and a you know potential all-star you know if he stays healthy and I, I wonder how much that dynamic will shift especially if horford gets a lot of minutes and and then I'm also curious you know if this is something of a vote of you know not not no confidence but a vote of lesser confidence in Rob's health and if that's the case then it's hard to blame anyone I mean he, he hasn't been able to stay on the floor so you know you go out and you bring in horford who can help now and Moses Brown who could potentially help later like I wonder if they are sort of like Like shoring up um, the big man position in case they don't think Rob can stay healthy. I do want to just say, too, that, like, this is, I I think this is kind of a tough, this is another kind of tough look for the Celtics in terms of, you know, another free agent signed here and another one really seems to not want to be here. And, And, I mean, there's a million reasons for that. It's, million reasons why it's not the Celtics fault, you know, like Kemba, I assume probably wasn't expecting to be injured. I assume he probably wasn't expecting Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to both be borderline all NBA guys in, you know, his second season with the team. But, it is kind of tough for the Celtics that, they, you know, they finally shook off this, you know, kind of stigma that they had for two decades that, like, you know, big free agents don't choose the Celtics. They bring in several, you know, not the biggest free agents, but good ones. And, all, you know, all those guys are, are out the door. And, and it's just the kind of the guys that they player develops. And and the other side of that coin is that Horford, who left them, seems really happy to be back. So you can kind of look at it both ways. But I do think that, you know, the, the Kemba Walker era definitely seems like it could have gone a lot better than it did. And I, I think it's probably a little disappointing for everybody involved that it fell apart the way it did.
1: No, most definitely. I am curious with Corford, like, what we're going to get from him. I mean, do you think that he's going to be in the starting lineup? I have no idea what to expect from him. The other question I had for you is whether you think this means this is the end of Tristan Thompson's time in Boston since they also brought on.
0: Boy, oh boy, Nicole, do I ever. (laughs) (laughs) This is the end of Tristan Thompson's time.
1: Well, I mean, all right.
0: So I think the Celtics can go two ways with this. I think they could try to move on from Tristan Thompson and just try to get that money off somewhere else. You know, like it's, it's a lot of money for a guy who was just heartily mediocre this year. Wait, did you
1: see the graphic of Kevin Durant's shooting percentage against defenders? No. No, so it's like, I think Kirk Goldsbury made it. And it's a graph of his shooting percentage because the point was that Giannis was at the top. Like, he has one of the lowest shooting yeah. percentages against Giannis. That's who he has the best shooting percentage against.
0: Uh, I mean, given the context clues I and also um, how I feel about his abilities, I will go ahead and uh, take a shot on Tristan Thompson.
1: You are correct. He was shooting over (laughs) 70% against Justin Thompson. But anyway, sorry, I digress.
0: Tristan Thompson, who the Celtics just insisted on leaving on an island against switches against the Brooklyn Nets. Continue, sorry. The I, I thing about Horford, and the reason I think that there is a very good chance that he starts, he played 28 games this season. In those 28 games, he averaged 14.2 points, 6.7 rebounds, and 3.4 assists. Obviously, those are counting stats. Think what you want. You know, he shot 45%, 36.8% from free. You know, again, those are counting stats. But those are also Al Horford's stats. Like those are the right. kind of stats you would expect from a 34 year old Al Horford because he doesn't really need you know the kind of you know the kind of athleticism that, that a lot of big men when they start to lose it. I mean, think about like DeAndre Jordan when he like as he loses a little bit, he's just not nearly as useful because most of his game is built on athleticism. Whereas Horford's game really is built on a lot of things. Like he can do a lot. I think there is a very like Celtics fans will need to kind of brace themselves for the fact that defensively this is not Al Horford of the 2017-18 season. You know, like he he's just not the same guy. You're not going to And also, you know, guys like Joel Embiid have gotten way better. <laughs> like, Hopefully fans don't expect Al Horford to come in and be the answer for Embiid like he was before. Both players have kind of gone in understandably different directions. Like, But I do still think that Horford probably is, you know, one of the more productive options. I mean, look, if Rob is healthy, I think that Rob is probably the best center option on the roster. It's such a huge if that, you know, like it, it's almost not even worth saying. So, like, I think there's a very good chance that Horford plays quite a bit. Part of it probably, too, will depend on the coach. If Brad was the coach, I would be like, oh, Al Al Horford is going to be asked to play 49 minutes in a (laughs) 48-minute game. But because we don't know who the coach is, like maybe it's somebody who will really be like, I really want to see what Moses Brown can do. Or let's really try to like get Rob Williams, you know, going, whatever it might be. Because that's the other wrinkle to all of this. Brad is making trades and building a roster for a coach that we don't know yet. So I do think that Horford will get a lot of minutes. And especially offensively, I think he's going to bring quite a bit. You know, The Celtics really could have used a big who could set high picks and and pop and hit threes. And Horford's good at that. So that will be really interesting to watch, especially now that Tatum is more than just a spot-up shooter like he was in Horford's first season.
1: And I think the fact that this trade did happen before they hired a head coach, I think that reflects maybe how dire the situation was with Kemba and how confident they are in Horford, that his presence and his contributions will work with whatever scheme or whatever head coach they bring in.
0: I think that's right, especially, and I think especially the situation may have been a little bit more dire than people let on. Like it may have may have just been a situation where Kemba just absolutely was not coming back. And and look, I mean, you know, I just I was looking up Horford's uh, shot chart from last year, and it's kind of interesting. Like he was not particularly good from like the very top of the key, um, like right at the top, but he was good from like pretty high above the break on both sides. Which, again, very good chance that that's where he would be popping to in, uh, you right. know, pick and pop action. So Celtics will like that quite a bit.
1: That's the signature Al Horford spot.
0: It really is. Yeah.
1: One of my other takeaways was Brad was like, all right, the so number 16th pick in the draft, I'm good. I have that's- several players drafted in the past two years. I do not need another young gun.
0: I I tweeted that it was kind of funny that that Danny made Brad work with 100 mid-first-round picks over the year. And as soon as Brad was in charge, he just used one to dump a contract. (laughs) Like, just get this thing out of my face. Let's see what we have with our hmm, 100 other uh, mid-first-round guys. And, I mean, you know, I I think the other thing, too, and I I don't know how much this factored into Brad's decision-making. I kind of think he might have just been like, look, I'm not even going to think about the draft this year. Which would honestly yeah. be like a, a reasonable way to kind of look at things, right? Like, I, I do wonder somewhat, like, I don't think that this year's draft in the middle is particularly good. Like, there's players that I like, but, you know, like, like right now, Tankathon has Josh Giddy, who I, I, I would have thought was a good Celtics option, but I've heard he's really rocketing up the boards. And you've got like Jared Butler, Zaire Williams, Usman Garuba... There's guys that I like okay like Jaden Springer and Chris Duarte but like honestly I was I was prepping to spend most of the draft season being like look don't expect much more than like like a neesmith type talent who's who's good but not somebody that you're like we have to keep this pick or else like just there's a very good chance the Celtics would be hoping to draft just a solid player I think that works in their favor quite nicely is that now Brad doesn't have to spend you know, yeah. all of an off season, trying to catch up on draft guys. He can kind of focus on, on building his first roster, you know, or with some veterans and then whichever young guys he wants to keep around. Like, I, I think that actually makes a lot of sense for him.
1: Right. So what's their draft situation right now for this year? They just have their own second rounder.
0: Well, I believe that that's it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. So very low stakes, which is good. You know
0: what? They might not even, I would have to look it up, but they might, they might not even have their second this year. Like he might, <laughs> Brad might be on the free agency at this stage.
1: Which makes sense because now they can take their time with the coaching search and really just work on figuring out which young guys to keep, which veteran free agents they want to sign. Like, it, it really all is falling into place.
0: And the funniest thing about it is that, like, any other year, if the Celtics, like, or if a team traded out of the first round just to kind of, like, get their bearings, I would be just, like, making fun of them mercilessly. But, like, it actually makes sense for Brad to do that. Like, like the, the the trade that he made made a lot of sense for the Celtics.
1: They get rid of Tucker Walker, who is clearly unhappy and who also was clearly going to have some form of availability issues for the upcoming season. They get back bad money, but less bad money. They still achieve that cap flexibility at the same time. I think it makes sense. You get somebody that is familiar with players on the roster, who likes Brad, who likes the city.
0: It is pretty crazy that like Brad's first move wasn't like. Drafting his first round pick, or uh, hiring a coach. Know, hiring a coach. It was mm, trading away the max contract guy that Danny Ainge brought in for a you know previous max contract guy who left because he didn't enjoy like his final season in Boston. Like it's pretty crazy that that you know even if even if this trade isn't like a like a blockbuster move, Brad's first move was pretty big, like a pretty yeah big time decision. Shout out to him. Like I, I would I would suspect. That he and Danny were probably talking about something like this throughout the year because as the Celtics made clear, every time Brad Stevens told us that he isn't involved in the front office decisions, he was just out and out lying to us. But I do think that like that's that's interesting. It's interesting that Brad was just he was ready to go with a with a move like this. The other thing that I wanted to touch on, I, I also think it's kind of interesting that Horford's money comes off the books in twenty twenty three, the summer of twenty twenty three. Mm-hmm. I think the Celtics are probably eyeing that with some interest because then he's also an expiring contract in 2022-23. If there are certain guys who are of the right timeline and who would be interested in playing for the Celtics, you know, especially if there are guys who are interested in playing with the Celtics after Jason Tatum goes and plays Team USA, there will be mm-hmm. a lot of money coming off the books or a lot of money that could be used in a trade that also includes you know picks, whatever, 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 you know, that like I, I think that might be something to keep an eye on too, is that the Celtics might be looking at um, you know, Horford's contract and kind of the flexibility coming up in the next couple of years. And this also would have been kind of the case with Kemba, but Horford's money is a little bit less onerous for whatever team might take him on in that final season. So I, I think the Celtics are probably looking at that too a little bit and just thinking, like, okay, two years in, if they haven't, you know, won anything really And you know maybe Jalen, maybe Tatum are getting a little antsy. It might you know like it might be a good way to kind of shake things up a little bit uh, if they can if they can bring in somebody else like that um, at that stage.
1: I guess assessing the trade as Brad's first move as an executive, how would you rate the value? I think he did fine.
0: I I mean look, I'll give him you know like like a B B plus. Like it's it's good. Like we'll see. I mean. The thing is we're gonna have to remember this moment throughout the season because if Kemba comes out and he just starts like, you know, setting the world on fire wherever he is and everybody's like, Oh man, think of what a good fit he would have been with Jalen and Tatum. I think we all need to remember that there were two seasons where Kemba health wise was just completely unreliable at age thirty and like, you know, five foot eleven. Like yeah, he he was and when he's healthy remains a really good player but you just can't count on him. And the Celtics are hoping to find players they can count on. Now, I don't know that that player is Horford. Like as much as we're talking about like Horford's on court fit and like, you know, the potential of Moses Brown. I mean, this was a move to clear a little salary cap space. And it just like, you know, it, it had to happen. It's also possible that this move opens up enough space for them to, you know, like, re-sign Evan Fournier for, like, a certain amount right. of money or, or whatever it might be. Like, this move is not just Kemba Walker for Al Horford. It's not a vacuum move. Like, it's, it's going to come into play in a lot of different areas. So, I, I think it's perfectly reasonable. If I'm a Celtics fan, I wouldn't be just, like, uh, like, running naked through the streets. I think it's fine. And, you know, as far as getting off Kemba's money, you know, solid work by Brad. Right.
1: If they had to do that, regardless, this move seems like a fairly good option. On paper, I think, like you said, seems like a perfectly fine move. It will be interesting to see how the two of them fare next season in yeah. their roles. Because like I was saying say earlier, I really have no idea what to expect from Al Horford. I assume he'll be able to contribute and, like you said, probably start a large portion of games. But I am curious to see how their careers end up finishing. One other thing I wanted to know about Robert Williams, because I think at the beginning of the podcast, you mentioned how this could be a reflection of how they feel about his health. I don't necessarily think it's like an indictment or like a a reflection of maybe his long-term health. We'll see what happens with his whole extension. And I'm sure that will also inform our opinion about how they feel about his health and stuff.
0: Right, for sure. And look, I mean, maybe if Rob is healthy, All season, fantastic. Or if he's healthy in the postseason, fantastic. But Rob couldn't stay healthy in the playoffs this year. If Horford can, then you know you have a veteran presence who has been in the playoffs and who has made relatively deep playoff runs before. Like, you know you have a reliable guy for the postseason. At very least a guy who has been reliable for you in the past. And, you know, we'll see if he remains reliable. But, like, that's a nice security to have even if you do have confidence that rob williams can be healthy like you know at least you can probably breathe a little bit easier or sleep a little bit easier just knowing that like okay there's there's a few guys here to uh to kind of carry the load and if that's the case yeah i think trading tristan thompson makes a lot of sense if not i mean you know maybe the celtics Take a look at like selling high. Like if they don't feel confident that Rob is going to be healthy, maybe they just look at it, look at that and say, well, we could get a lot of value for him right now if there's teams that are interested. I don't think that's what they're going to do because I think it's really risky to trade a guy who, you know, again, I've talked about this before. I think that a lot of young guys just need to grow into their bodies, and I would not yeah. be surprised if Rob is a is no exception to that, and you know, he might be able to stay healthy longer. So I would expect him to keep him around, but maybe maybe they take a look at that, especially as they're debating his extension this summer.
1: It'll be interesting to monitor it all.
0: All right, guys. Well, I think we can probably leave it there for now. We will be back very soon with Grenham, who was disappointed not to be able to be on the pod today. And we will talk to you all uh, later this week.